My name is Chris Charbonneau, and I'm the host of the Fall of Roe podcast. I'm a 40-year veteran of the pro-choice movement. I have been the CEO of Planned Parenthoods in seven different states and have decades of experience in the pro-choice realm. This is an unapologetically pro-choice podcast. We are going to talk about the disaster that is the unfolding dismantling of the Roe standard across the United States, creating 50 states worth of patchwork laws, the danger that that poses to anyone of reproductive age and all of us who love them. We need to figure out how we as a collective are going to get through this, change this situation, give ourselves some hope and get back to sanity in this country. Hi, friends. This is Chris Charbonneau, and I'm going to record a series of mini episodes of my podcast, State by State, reviewing what you can expect if you live there or if you're traveling to that state uh, around abortion access and what the likelihood is that things will go well or you'll have difficulty trying to get into it so that everyone will know what to expect if and when they travel somewhere or they're living somewhere and want to help other people. Today, I'm going to cover the state of Washington. I live in the state of Washington. It's uh, very familiar to me. Its history is familiar to me and its political landscape. So let's get started. Washington state was one of the states that allowed abortion before Roe v. Wade was passed. The vote of the people uh, happened in referendum 20 in 1970. And after that time, there were a limited number of circumstances through which women could have abortions involved getting permission from your husband, a variety of other things that later were overturned by the Supreme Court. But it was possible, and and that was life-saving for a good many people and was one of the early successes, and it was a statement that people were ready to have that law changed. Thereafter, Roe v. Wade came into place, and the state of Washington's uh, law opened up even more as a result. And ultimately, in 1993, Washington state passed the Reproductive Privacy Act, which codified Roe v. Wade into Washington state law, added to it that we would fund abortion for low-income women in the state of Washington in the event that they couldn't afford that so that their insurance wouldn't be what determined whether or not they had a child, and um, gave basically the structure that I think is pretty optimized for abortion rights in the United States. Washington state, therefore, would, after a row overturning, continue to be a safe state for people to come to, a safe state for people to be in, and all of the providers are going to be able to continue to operate as they normally would, with the exception, of course, that that now there are a good many people traveling to the state who weren't traveling to the state before from nearby states so that we would end up with quite an increased demand on care and services for the state of Washington. And so that would mean that uh, waits could possibly be longer for people who live in the state of Washington to begin with if the providers are unable to sort of rally enough uh, help to increase their hours, et cetera, and make that go more smoothly. There's a very well-functioning coalition of providers in the state of Washington. They all talk to each other. They're friendly with one another. They help each other out. And I believe that we would end up with good coordination for the resources that are already there. So Washington state, a haven state. Now, it's important to understand that 
those kinds of advantages only stay as long as the legislators who agree with those things stay in place. Washington state's law, as I said, has not been changed since 1993 because Washington state had legislatures that haven't dared mess with that vote of the people and they've left the Reproductive Privacy Act alone. They consider it pretty sacrosanct. However, if we were suddenly to elect a whole group of new Republicans into the legislature, they would probably do all kinds of things to limit how that worked in the state of Washington or change up how that law works. Fortunately, we have in his seat our Governor Inslee, who is an unapologetic champion of the right to choose. And Governor Inslee would do everything in his power to protect uh, women as long as he's in that seat, as would other Democrats that would ever be elected governor in the state of Washington. So as long as that happens, the state law is fine. Keep in mind, Washingtonians, that if Congress were to flip at the national level, so the Senate go Republican and the House go Republican, and next time around a president be elected from the Republican Party, sort of maybe a backlash to gas prices or whatever, if people don't vote on this issue and vote to ensure that Democrats retain control of all of this, then you would see in very short order a nationwide abortion ban passed by a Republican House, Republican Senate, and signed off on by a Republican president of the United States. And if that were to happen, then Washington state's law falls. California's pro-choice law falls. Oregon's pro-choice law falls. New York's and, and Vermont's also fall. All the progressive states could not count on their own progressive law to protect the women in their states. The now very retro nationwide law would trump that. Sorry to use that expression. I know it causes all kinds of PSDT. But you'd end up with a situation in which your um, law and your intentions no longer matter because federal law um, supersedes state laws. So it should matter to all of us who gets elected into the Senate from all the states. So if you have any extra money to put into campaigns on the national level, pick those races where it's close and a pro-choice candidate could win and be sure to support them over their anti-choice either incumbent or challenger. So to recap, Washington state, a safe state, a haven state, a state where people are going to come, a state where you don't need to fear for your daughters and nieces and, and anyone who could become pregnant that you care about, and also a place where you might be called upon to host family members from other states that aren't as progressive in order to be sure that people can get the care. I will tell you that the quality of the providers in this state is high and, you know, the safety of this procedure in Washington state is high. So Washington will be an excellent place to come if that's where your airplane takes you or your your car can take you efficiently. Both the east and west sides of the state have good coverage for abortion providers. And so welcome pro-choice seekers to Washington state. That's my short episode for Washington State. Please stay tuned for other states that you're interested in, and I'm going to get to them all as fast as I can. Thank you for listening, friends. This is Chris Charbonneau. It's been my pleasure to host this broadcast for you today. And if you'd like to hear more, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and give us a five-star review. 
If you'd like to connect with me in some way, please go to fallofrow.com for information. Thank you.